Hello and welcome to another edition of Techman Talks Dynamics. On today's podcast, uh, this time round, it's myself hosting Jason. I uh, had the privilege of leading the uh, CRM and Power Platform team at Techman. And with me today, I've got Kelly Wood, who is part of the CRM and Power Platform team and works with me on a daily basis. Specifically today, we are going to be uh, talking around Power Automate. Um, A little bit about what is it and how we use it inside of the CRM team and also how it can also be used across the wider estate of your business applications, including Business Central as well. So I think to start off with, what is Power Automate for those that don't really know too much about it. Um, first of all, it used to be called Flow from Microsoft um, and then got renamed like a lot of things do from time to time. But from uh, my point of view, uh, let's start with basics and explain what Power Automate is. Um, and I guess, Kelly, you might be the best person to summarise that one. So summing up Power Automate... It's basically about business process automation. So, you know, taking away the menial tasks and the manual data entry and repetitive, repetitiveness of business processes. So we've got three different kinds. So we've got business process flows um, or business process automation as it's been renamed to. Um, and basically this is about creating gated um, processes within your organization so that they follow through certain stages and certain actions happen in a certain order to ensure that the business process is streamlined across the organization. Then the uh, second aspect of Power Automate is robotic process automation. Yep. Um, so robotic process automation allows you to record um, actions on legacy systems so you can um, install it on a server or on a, a machine it actually comes as part of Windows 11 now um, and you can get it to basically repeat actions that you do regularly um, so, so like unattended as such for it, example it can be yeah so you can run them unattended or attended um, okay. there's license implications to both as, as always with Microsoft yeah, as always yeah, yeah. Um, so, but so you can set them to run, you know, on a schedule or when something happens, which is the unattended ones, or yep. you can run them by clicking a button on your desktop, yep. which is the attended ones. Um, and then the idea is that these processes will run, so you can use them to do things like export invoices from a legacy system into an Excel spreadsheet, so it can be uploaded somewhere, and then it can be picked up by you know cloud flows and processed using APIs. Yeah. So the idea is getting those data at that data out of you know those old legacy non-API systems yep. so that it can be processed using other other processes. And then the third type, which is the, the main thing that people talk about when they think of Power Automate, is the digital process automation. So this is basically taking software that has APIs, um, creating connectors for them, of which there are many, many standard connectors, um, but taking those APIs, processing that data through, running various automated tasks on them, and then having outcomes for that process as well. Okay. So those are the three types. Um, I think it all sounds very, um, I guess, microsoft kind of language, the, yeah. the BPA, the RPA, and the DPA, um, because we also know that Microsoft love an acronym. Um, 
I think from my point of view, going on to BPA, uh, we've used those quite a lot um, in in CRM. Um, we've always known them just as business processes inside of CRM, um, where you've got stage one on your opportunity or your lead or your case, stage two, stage three, stage four, and you get to the end and you've completed the stages that the user's supposed to, supposed to go through. Yeah, so anyone that's familiar with CRM will know them as business process flows, but they've been now taken over and put into the Power Automate sphere. Yes, so I guess don't become confused, those that are used to CRM, um, with business process automation. They're still the same. Business processes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of one of the same. Um, whereas robotic process automation, I think it's probably fair to say that, again, just being transparent, is probably an area that we haven't at Techman to date had lots of experience in per se um in terms of either attended or unattended as such like that um i think do we think that's going to be used quite a lot from our point of view and our customers so we're quite fortunate in that most of the software we deal with has an yeah, api that we can connect true. to yeah that's true. um obviously though they there are circumstances and there are organisations that still do have these legacy systems that are isolated on a server. You know, we we have the we're in the fortunate position where for most things, you know, they they have an underlying SQL database. We could put a data gateway on their server and we can use that to expose that data out into the cloud for us to pull into other services. Yeah. But that's not always going to be the case. Yeah. You know, so there there is a need for that that RPA. Um, element of Power Automate because there will be organisations out there that just physically can't get that data into the cloud any other way. Yeah, okay. And, and obviously people are talking a lot about kind of like desktop automation as well in terms of, I guess, I've, I've read about something and again, probably I haven't played with it myself, but you could record a set of activity on your desktop as a user and all of a sudden in the background you're you're kind of putting potentially some unattended RPA in the back in the background using Power Automate. Am I am I right with that? Is that kind of possible? Yeah, so RPA you can basically get it to record any action you can do on your machine. Okay. So anything that you can do as a user, RPA can do for you. So if you you know you log in in the morning and you need to open ten different programs, yeah, you can get RPA to do that for you. So you don't have to click ten different icons. Obviously, there are other ways to do that. Probably more efficient ways to do that using your um, Windows laptop. But that's just the tip of the iceberg as an example. Yeah. You know, you can get it to run processes, task automations. Um, you can get it to run when various things happen in a certain program. Other things happen. So if you can click the button on your desktop. RPA can click the button on your desktop for you. Okay. Okay. So, again, it's one of those going, the mundane tasks where it's just, you don't really need somebody to interact with it. Um, and it's no value add per se. Then maybe RPA could help Absolutely. the robotic ele element to it. Um, so then... Obviously, digital process automation is, is your cloud flows and your APIs and stuff like that. And that probably leads me into the the next section, I guess, um, which is something that you alluded to a little bit already with standard connectors and custom connectors. Now, 
if you type into I'll be on point Bing um, but your chosen search engine um, on whichever browser that you wish to use um, and you type in power automate connectors you'll then get a Microsoft kind of um, library that you can search through and then find these connectors um, which you can have and then there's premium and there's standard and then there's this custom so let's start with standard so i guess what's a standard connector so a standard connector um is basically one that already exists be that microsoft have created it or the people whose software you're interacting with have created it yeah so there's as, as you said the, the standard is kind of split between actual standard and premium connectors so the premium connectors are ones where um, you need a, a third-party license to access the data that you are interacting with. Yep. So, um, so it's not so like open source as such. Yeah, like so that. it's not open source. Um, so like you've got a, a Bing API one, which is a standard open source connector yep. that you can just connect to. Um, and then you've got things like the, the Dataverse connectors, which are tagged as premium because you need a Dataverse license to interact with them. Yeah. Or something like maybe Google AdWords or stuff like that as well in terms yeah. of um, other 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 tools that, again, I think it's important to note here that these standard connectors aren't just in the Microsoft ecosystem here. This is connecting to lots of tools that are out yeah. there ma made and created by non-Microsoft yeah, software quite, engineers. Quite a lot of, you know, what we'd class as third-party organisations have gone and created their own connectors and then floated them on the, the Power App connect a list yeah. um, so that you can go and connect to those. So there, there are things like, you know, Adobe, you can connect to to use DocuSign and things like that for it. Yeah. Um, you can connect to MailChimp. MailChimp, yeah. That, to be honest, the list is endless. Yeah. Um, well, not endless, but it's very long. And it's getting longer. And it's getting well. longer, yeah. yeah. So more people are creating their own connectors for Power Automate because they're seeing the value in allowing their data to be transacted through Power Automate. Yes. So standard connectors, consistently growing. You can go and look and go and find what's available um, as such. I guess those that, from my perspective, Power Automate, there are other workflow tools out there in the ecosystem of software. Um, I know that, for example, Zapier has a set of workflows and connectors and stuff like that. Um, Microsoft, it's Microsoft for, for those that don't really understand Power Automate but understand something like Zapier or something like that. It is it's a similar kind of concept. And the idea is there's lots of connectors that you can pull them, pull data between each other as such like that. So there's your standard, there's your premium where somewhere along the line there's licenses needed or there's a cost to consume, I guess, um, from somebody to make to have that premium connection there. Um, and then we've got this, this idea of a, a custom connector, and we can go and create a new connector as consultants, as project people, um, as technical people, to go and do something. So what is a custom connector? I guess the starting point is that right now, there is not a standard connector for what I want to connect into. So a custom connector seems the right thing to think about, but what is it? So if there's no Power Automate, connect, Power Automate connector that already exists, the first thing to ask is the software I'm connecting to, does it have an API? Yeah. Can I get access to that data via an API? If the answer to that is yes, 
then you can build a custom connector. If the answer to that is no, then you can install a data gateway or you can use robotic process automation. Okay. But it adds a level of complexity on top of it, essentially, compared to what standard connectors and customer connectors tend to look, uh, look at where you've built them is kind of the, the DPA bit, the cloud flow bit, where you've, yeah. got, you've got that connectivity available, I guess. Yes. Okay, fine. So a custom connector, how easy is it to create this custom connector? So... It's a bit of a loaded question. So they are actually relatively simple to create. The software for creating them does guide you through how to create them, but you need a good level of understanding of the schema of the API underneath. You need to understand the underlying data. Yeah. Once you grasp what the underlying data does, the connector actually largely builds itself. Yeah. So it allows you to um, you need to get your API endpoints, so you build up your API endpoints, so you need to understand how they come together. Um, but then you can just import JSON payloads, you know, which is the output of the API. You can import those in so that it automatically fills in all of the different fields that you require for it. Yeah. Um, you can provide responses, which again you can import from the API responses. Yeah. So it does build a large part of that together for you. Um, the other thing to consider as well is authentication. Big topic. Big topic. Um, so the authentication is probably the most difficult part of building a custom connector. And in simple terms there, that's about how you validate your connection between one system and another. Yeah. So the way that you authenticate for a custom connector is going to, it's going to depend on the data source you're connecting to. Yeah. Um, so certain data sources... Uh, we'll use basic connections, um, basic authorization, which is a username and a password. Yeah. Nice and easy, you know, it, it and it just connects. Old so, school. Old school, yeah. Yeah. We, we now, you know, have this industry standard of OAuth 2. So you'd hope most data sources would now require OAuth 2 for security. Not all. Not no. all. Yeah. But you'd hope most do. Um, but OAuth 2 is a little bit more complicated. So then with OAuth 2, you've got this idea of application keys, authentication tokens, and how you're going to generate those is going to depend on the data source that you're connecting to. So custom connectors then, if I'm a business owner, um, or I'm running a team to help and say, I need to create some more efficiency in this particular area of the business, um, to get data from one place to another or push and pull data to help me process a transaction, etc. easier, which we'll come on to examples in CRM and Business Central shortly. It, it's 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 not an easy end user task to do. You, you've got to be pretty switched on. Into, you talk about endpoints, you talk about kind of JSON. You're a, you are a systems manager slash systems accountant or something like that type of role to be doing this type of thing. Is that fair to say? Yeah, custom connectors aren't for the faint of heart. Okay, so again, standard connector, what if you're a, what if you'd like to call yourself a super user and a, and a, stand, and a standard connectors are valuable to try and pull and push some data across and you understand a bit about the data structures? So that's, Is that a bit more of a possibility? Absolutely, so Flow, Digital process automation, yep. keep calling it flow, old school. Um, but power automate and the digital process automations are designed 
for end users to go and write these flows. Yeah. I mean, there are times where, you know, we, we can write some really complicated processes yeah. in flow. But for the large part of process automation, you need to move data from one place to another. Or when something happens in, you know, one record, you need to update something in another. And they've designed Power Automate so that pretty much anybody can go and do that. Yeah. Okay. So we've covered what what is it. Um, we're gonna we, we've covered the different types of it. We've covered the standards and, and custom connectors. Um, I think we'll continue to go through this in, and then start to look at some I examples of um, using it. I think CRM. I think if we talk about business process automation, I alluded to that before, where that's the typical on the case or on the opportunity or on the lead stage one is qualify stage two is. Um, I was going to say get to propose, close, negotiate, whichever. On on a case, it's uh, investigate. Um, I was going to say or take the details, investigate and resolve or whatever they are. So those that's typical kind of business process automations, and I suppose largely, again, an assumption here, but those are, those, those lend themselves to the power platform and core CRM realistically. Yeah. Yeah. So the the idea is that they just, as I said before, create those gated stages for the business processes to yeah. go through. So robotic process automate. We've talked about some of, some of that process. So um, let's talk about kind of digital process automation. So the cloud flows, um, and let's talk about in CRM what those would look like when we're using it with CRM. So that's what some examples why we would use. Power Automate cloud flows inside of CRM. And for those that are CRM people listening, obviously we've always had a native workflow tool, asynchronous workflows and all that kind of stuff. Why why would we use Power Automate to, to write, um, create workflow functionality? So there's two main reasons. Um, the scope of what we can do with Power Automate compared to what we could do with the legacy workflow engine yeah. is probably a hundredfold, yeah. to be honest. I mean, if, if we, using a legacy workflow, um, if we wanted to go and find child records, you know, if we wanted to go and find all the contacts linked to an account, we had to install plugins and extra workflow tools just to be able to go and find those child accounts using that relationship. Yeah. Power Automate natively does that. Okay. You know, you can go and do a list rows and you can find anything. You can go and search CRM for anything. So what's some of the common uses that happen on a lot of projects that you use in Power Automate for inside of CRM Power Platform type projects? Well, those of the those people that are familiar with CRM will know that, you know, the idea of CRM is all about automating what we can. Yeah. You know, so so that there is no repetitive business processes. So we use Power Automate for pretty much everything in CRM. So, you know, be that when an account's created or, you know, the address changes and things like that, go and update the contact addresses, you know, so, or if an opportunity's created, go and fill in extra fields somewhere else. We, we will use Power Automate to do that. We will not write a legacy workflow unless we have to. Or notifications to an Not email or a Teams chat, all that, the new notification section inside, inside of CRM. So yeah. we're writing Power Automate cloud flows to do that, essentially. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And if we need to move data from <clears throat> CRM to anywhere else, we'll use Power Automate to do that too. 
I'll come on to that shortly. So, um, so in terms of CRM, is it fair to say when we're looking to write and create some kind of automation or workflow, the first tool that we're looking at to support as part of that CRM Power Platform project, we're looking at Power Automate. Absolutely. Okay. Um, in terms of going into examples then for Business Central and where we would utilise Power Automate with Business Central, um, for those that have been listening, the BC users eagerly waiting to see how is this relevant to me, I think the first thing is, I'm going to talk about versions. So can I use Power Automate with Nav? Should I use Power no. Automate with Nav? No. Okay, so so those that are still using Nav, NAV, I won't, I won't even go far as back as Navision. No. Um, but unfortunately, Power Automate just hasn't been designed to work with that, that system. No, so the... the problem with trying to connect to nav is the apis so yeah. still very much soap services and and that kind of thing and the, the technology is just older older yeah let's, let's go with older um but that would probably be a good use case for rpa okay so again we can still use power automate but not the digital process automation side of well to be fair you could use rpa to, to get to that s- data into a digital process okay so we've got an option yeah. But it's not as straightforward no, as it's not as simple. Business central. And specifically we're gonna sit here and we're gonna go if it's SAS, Business Central, you're our best friend. Yeah. But we know that not everybody is on SAS BC and there has to be also other reasons to go to SAS BC as well. So can we use Power Automate with on-premise pass implementations of Business Central? So you can, um, because you have the APIs available to do it. After a certain version. After and a cer- certain version. And, and certain capabilities of BC. But yeah, yeah. But, but let's let's say, you know, BC 14 onwards, BC 14, you've got an API you can use. Yeah, okay. It's probably not ideal, but we can create them. You know, you can create custom APIs and they can be used to interact with Power Automate. Okay. It's it's a little bit more complicated with the on-premise versions. Um, setup-wise. Setup-wise. Um, and then, again, depending on the version you have with the authentication. So, you know, BC14, you'd probably stick with the basic authentication for it. Um, just because the technology... Because of the version that was in it. Because the version that was in it, yeah. Um, but then older versions, you'd want to move that authentication to the OWASP too. So while you were testing, you know, you could use the, the basic, but, but for the actual production environment, you'd want to switch to the OAuth too. Yeah. But that means that you'd then need custom connectors to do it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So um, you can just send HTTP requests to the APIs using the basic authentication, but again, because of the security, you wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, okay. Because you are transacting data in a, well, it's not industry recommended yes security absolutely. environment and again from our point of view we we obviously promote best practice and 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 want to obviously microsoft have done a lot of work around their authentication i think people have seen microsoft's updates and notes around what they've said what they're deprecating and stuff like that over the past kind of couple of years in in kind of authentication areas so 
But so we can use it with BC. SAS, fantastic. Yeah. Some recent versions of, of BC, yeah, great, even if I'm on, on premise or on PaaS or such like that. We've it's got the APIs, we've got the ability to to use um to use the technology to connect to it and, and stuff like that. So assuming I've got the right level of BC um technically and I'm thinking about using some creating some automation and stuff like that. Why as a BC user um would I consider using Power Automate to complement my my ERP? For exactly the same reason we use it in CRM. Because the scope of Power Automate over the scope of built in BC workflows, which are now also termed legacy workflows, is again a hundredfold. So you take that data out of the isolation of Business Central you can, using the, the SAS connector, um, you can do all of the things in BC that we can do in Dataverse now. That wasn't always the case six months ago, a year ago, that wasn't the case. Yeah. But now you can go and you can find those child records, you can put in all the data you want, you can transact that data, and you can take out a lot of the manual processes. So let's talk about a couple of examples then with with um, BC and I guess one example is approvals. Yep. It's the simplest one that we, we tend to use a lot of the time. Out of the box standard BC approvals have always historically been, it's a simple hier hierarchy kind of structure. Um, I can approve a thousand, you can approve 2000, yep. etc. not based on, well, I can approve a thousand of IT equipment, but you can approve, approve 5,000 of IT equipment, but I can approve 5,000 of capital equipment for my production shop floor. Yep. So again, it, it, a little bit more levels to it. Now, standard BC, we'd have to historically go and adapt to BC and enhance BC to do that. So, again, the workflow engine to send the notification, stuff like that, we can use Power Automate, but can Power Automate be helped to plug the gaps what BC doesn't do out of the box? Yep, so if, again, BC SaaS, but if you have BC SaaS, you can literally go to your sales orders or your purchase orders. You can click on the flow button. You can create a flow from a template and it puts the approval flow in the template for you. Okay. It's there and it builds it. So now there's this there's this button inside of BC that you can see Power Automate and you can go and choose. You can go and enable uh, and initiate a specific flow that you've gone and created off that particular record as well. Yeah, so if you use the, the template approval process, that, that's there, Yeah. Um, you can extend it, you can add to it. Yeah. So if you want to add conditions and things in there, you can do that, absolutely. But what it actually does is it overwrites the built-in approval process in BC. Okay. So when that flow's turned on, it uses the flow approval process, which means that you can send those notifications to emails, to Teams, to mobile devices, yeah. wherever you want it to go. Um, and then if you turn that flow off, it reverts back to the built-in approval process. Okay. So there's some more flexibility with it for sure. Yeah. And you're putting the onus back on the, the flow um, to, to manage some of the logic as well. So you're not having to go and write, potentially you might support it um, with, um, with some enhancements to BC, but you don't have to go and write lots of code potentially in BC because Power Automate can pick up an element I'm not going to say it can pick up all, yeah. but it can pick up an element of the work. Well, the, the joy with Power Automate is, is that even if you did want to do that config in the approvers table, 
so that you've got that config set up. Yeah. You can get Power Automate to go and get it to find out who should be approving it. Yeah. And Power Automate still respects the data sources permissions. So we actually found out in a demo, um, if I don't have permission to approve it, but I click approve in Power Automate, it still won't approve it because I don't have permission to approve it. So it does respect the permissions of the data source okay. based on the user that's connecting to it. So the idea is that if that data structure values were going to um, evolve, values change, etc., we don't need to go and change that flow. No. That flow is just going to look at those values anyway and make sure it's app yeah. appropriate. So, okay, cool. So it, a very much supporting area. Um, let's talk... Before I talk BCCRM integration, let's talk integration in general, the use of flow, um, and maybe used to integrate to bring data in from another system, or where else would I be using Power Automate in relation to Business Central? Um, so you can use it to uh, to integrate lots of different things. You know, you can use it to, um, if you do have a legacy ERP system, you know, that you need to get data out of yep. into BC, you can use the RPAs to get that data into the cloud, or you can install the data gateway to connect direct to the SQL database, you know, and then you can pull that information into Power Automate, which means somebody doesn't have to manually go and rekey in all those orders or recreate those invoices. Yeah. Power Automate can do that for you. Okay. You know, if you have orders in... Um, web shops and things depending on which web shops they are and again authentication complications to consider yeah but you could potentially use power automate to bring those in as well okay so you've got the ability to pull data in into transactions um update data source yeah etc from that point of view um so in above that um would it be fair, I think a couple of examples that we're also using from a BC point of view, Power Automate could be looked to say when um, a piece of data in a field has been updated, send a notification. Yep. So I think one of these is once a service item has, for example, been created on a product that you've got a warranty with and you've, got a, and you've set the install date or the start date, maybe send a notification to CRM to also say, hey, go and create a task for the account manager for this customer to say, how did that install go for that product that you've just had? Yeah, we could do that very, very simply. So, so, so the, we, sorry, go on. I was just going to say, so the the BC SAS connector now, before we used to have issues with triggers yeah. and things like that, so you can, you know, generally trigger on changes, but now the BC SAS connector will trigger on change, it will... Um, it's always created records, but now it will go and actually find records for you okay. before you used to have to know the idea of the records you were transacting. So you can use it to go and search BC to find all of the relevant information, bundle that up all nicely so that people have got the information that they need and just send it to them. So again, as an example, uh, from, from that point of view, that's an example of a, a product that's gone and been installed somewhere and said someone that's CRM because CRM is the relationship tool go and get them to do a follow-up call, say, hey, how did that go? Yeah. So we can we can create triggers from that. We could also send notifications when something changed on a particular field or um, a particular part of the process inside of a transaction in the warehouse or um, in the production facility, etc. upon certain trigger points of data completion or release transactions, etc. We could start to create notifications. Yeah, so even something as simple as 
you know, you block a customer in BC. Yeah. Because they've gone over their credit limit or whatever that is. Or to make the, the phone call, the email, the, the whatever you need to their account manager that may not necessarily have access to that BC data. Yeah. But needs to go and have that conversation with the customer. Yeah, agreed. So then my final one um, is between BC and CRM. Obviously, there's a standard connector from Microsoft. We've talked about previously um, that if you've got one CRM, but many companies that got different currencies, Power Automate can also be used to help with the integration of master data. But what other examples that can we take from, for example, CRM to give something to BC from a Power Automate perspective, I don't know, an order, a quote that maybe is a little bit different compared to just a standard order table where I've gone and bought this for 10 quid? So we've got a couple of examples that we use within, you know, customer systems that we have. So the, the main one would probably be sample requests. Okay. So the salesperson's out on the road or a call comes into the office and people just want a sample of a product. Yeah. So that sample has stock implications. It has cost implications. It has profit margin implications. CRM doesn't care about any of those things. No. Nope. It, it, it doesn't. So... What the customers need to do is they need to take that sample request that's logged in CRM against the account or the prospect or whatever it is, yeah. and they need to get it into Business Central so they can transact that stock and that cost and that margin reporting Yeah. so that they can get a proper return on investment of what that sample is actually costing them. Yeah. But sometimes they don't want it to go against the customer. You know, it needs to go to a generic account so you can use Power to make that to make that distinction. Sometimes in CRM, the account could be a customer or the account could be someone that you've never dealt with before. But you don't want to go and create a customer in Business Central because you sent in a sample. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can use generic sample account in Business Central and just update the ship twos and get it sent to the right place, but categorised on the right account. So Power Automate's book controlling that logic of, yeah. of what, what, you want, what you want it to do. Again, from a data integrity and a maintenance point of view. Yeah, well. so you can use a simple condition within Power Automate just to basically say, right, is this account a customer? If it is you know, get the customer number and create the sample against that customer. Yep. If it's not, then set the customer number to my generic sample account and yep. update my ship twos. Okay. So, I think it's dangerous to say the possibilities are endless, but I think the possibilities are getting, compared to where Power Automate was 12 months ago, 24 months ago, the the possibilities are, are getting more endless. More endless, uh, um, yeah. If, yeah. The, if that is a if that's a phrase that I can use, um, I suppose the the only point of view is when we're in a cloud platform and stuff like that. Power Automate, though, I, I think there's a level that you can throttle in terms of because it's an API request and stuff like that. So you can't go mad and run them hundreds of flows every two seconds, calling lots of data because otherwise you might throttle the platform. Is that? Yeah, so there are there are API limits, um, as you'd expect. Yeah. Because otherwise, you know, you could pull data for hours. So when you're doing, um, and again, I'm talking dataverse context, but the the limits that you have depend on the license that you have. Yeah. Um, but as a general rule, if you're doing like a list rows, there is a, a maximum amount of data in terms of megabytes that it will bring back. Yeah. Can't remember the exact figure, um, but. Basically, if you're doing a list rows on your accounts table and you're putting more than sort of 3,000 accounts through, which I know sounds like a lot, but it's not when you're doing list rows. 
But if you're pulling more than sort of 3,000 accounts through, you're going to hit that limit quite quickly. Yep. So the idea in Power Automate is to limit down the number of columns you pull in. So you can limit it down if you're doing that list rows, because you're going to have to go and get the account record anyway. Yeah. So you can do that list rows where you just get the account ID, and then that buffers, you know, smaller. The, the so you can batch it as such. So like you that. can batch it, yeah. But also, Power Automate has a hard limit of running five thousand as standard of running five thousand records concurrently through yep. things like a list rows. Um, but six thousand records is actually the API limit. Okay. So there's some limits to be aware of when you're building these and considering how many you're using, etc. Yeah. But it's fair to say at this moment in time, we, we're not really, even with the amount of what we're creating, which is quite expen- extensive, we're not seeing lots of issues or errors. And Microsoft, I'm sure, will also lovely take more money off you to extend more API um, kind of requests and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's a, there's a money-making machine out there somewhere for that. Absolutely, there will be. But the the thing to consider with API limits is is that within Power Automate, they do give you the tools to try not to hit them. Yeah, so okay. you can filter things down. You know, you can do it using Fetch XML if you want to go old school, or you can use OData queries. Um, so you can limit the amount of data you're pulling back. You can um, put triggers on so that when an account's modified, for example, you only want to do something if a certain field's modified, or if you know, the status reason changes to a certain value. So you can trigger the number of flows you are pulling through. So it comes back to best practice. So filter it down and filter it down and limit the scope of what you want to do. Okay. So as we bring this one to a close then, um, we've got different types of power automate flows, um, automation. We've got different types of connector, standard or custom. We've talked about examples that we can use natively in CRM Power Platform, which we've, we've been used to for such a long time now. But I guess VC team are starting to understand the, the cool the cool toys that they can start to use with um, their system as well, which is great. Um, then from our point of view, we've talked about some examples. From a license point of view, I think I'll just mention that if you've got a BC full license or a BC user license, CRM license, etc., you you get capability to run flows, create flows in the context of the system that you're using. There's obviously independent Power Automate licenses that you can you can build if you need kind of want to create RPA, or you've got other non-dynamics tools that you want to use Power Automate with. There are Power Automate licenses, and obviously your account manager, at, uh, your customer engagement manager at Techman will be able to kind of answer those questions for you um, and what's right for you. I think um, my other kind of summary point at, at this moment in time is Power Automate is something that is very much not just future but here and now. And I think if you're I'd say if you're on the later versions of, of BC and especially if you're SaaS, um, because CRM natively in Power Platform, we're constantly using that that technology as a given anyway. But I think from a BC point of view, um, I think from our perspective and, and our, our final concluding message out is if you're looking to automate something, if you're looking to notify something, if you're looking to run an approval, etc., I think don't always think BC code. I um, think if Power Automate can, can assist from my perspective, which say that's fair. 
Absolutely, yeah. So um, plenty of use cases. We've only just scratched the surface in this in this podcast. Um, thank you very much for listening. Thank you to Kelly for joining us on this edition of Techman Talks Dynamics and specifically around Power Automate. And I'm sure you'll see us again at some point in the near future with more CRMM Power Platform content. Yeah.